Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being, we do the hard work and then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Um, yeah, that's exactly right, Ollie. But um, we should point out that we are not experts in anything that we talk about. This is just a summary and, and a recap of our finding and our research over the week. We then share that information with you and hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Definitely. Let's get on with this week's topic, which could be an explosive one. This topic is volcanoes. Liam, this week's topic is volcanoes. This is the Liam's choice topic. You could have chosen any topic in the world and you decided as Liam's choice for the series, you wanted to talk about volcanoes. Do you want to let the listeners know why? Uh, mate, I, don't, I don't really know. My boy is only five. So at the minute he just asks questions about everything. And he asked me about volcanoes randomly. And I, you know, I said, I don't know. I took my phone out to Google it and I, I stopped and I was like, actually i know a better way of learning about this uh and then it just you know it just let's learn about volcanoes so i didn't i didn't know the answer what why do volcanoes come from is what i was asked yeah i I had no idea i mean i know what they are uh so did you know anything about them beforehand uh i knew that the lava comes out from the ground because lava's in the middle of the earth and it sprays out of a volcano. And you, you know, you do those experiments where you drop like bicarb soda in something and it will go spraying out the top. Yes. Um, I've covered lessons, you know, so if somebody's ill at school, I have to cover the lessons. I've covered geography lessons where we're learning about volcanoes. Um, but no, I couldn't tell you much. I've been in one. I went into one in, uh, in Hawaii. I remember oh, nice. climbing up one. Um, but no, uh, no, I didn't really know anything about them necessarily. How about yourself? What do you know about volcanoes? Um, I know that I learned it in school, but it's all fallen out of my head since then, I think. Um, yeah, similar to you. There's some some lava or something is involved and it's uh, yeah hot stuff coming out of the ground that, that then forms them. But I couldn't really tell you too much more. I know I got caught up in that big one in 2010 in Iceland. Went over to meet up with you in Vegas, which should have been being away for six days. I was flying home a day after you and my six days yeah. turned into 21 days. <laughs> yeah, it was longest holiday. Can you pronounce that volcano? No, I don't think I can. Ayafalujakul. <laughs> Have you got a better way of saying it? Ayafalujakul. Ayafalujakul. <laughs> Brilliant. Anybody listening who could correct us or maybe just let us know how uh, how it's supposed to be said send us a little voice note and we can let everybody know properly so let's jump into it then so we don't know too much been caught in them and you've actually been in one but let's let's get into it then so what is a volcano so it is it is basically what i said it was and what we sort of said it was in simply a volcano is just the the hole in the earth through which the molten rock and gas escape and in this case erupt out yeah. um but that that's 
that's all it really is. It's like a pressure valve, isn't it? Like all the pressure, um, the earth has got this molten rock underneath the crust. And as the pressure builds up there, it needs to escape. And it escapes by coming through a hole in the ground, um, yes. sometimes quite violently. Sometimes it trickles out. But that escape hole is a volcano, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, to be slightly picky on it, I was reading what NASA's definition of a volcano is. And they oh, just say, on. they just say because volcanoes don't only occur on Earth, they just say that a volcano is the opening on the surface of a planet or a moon that allows material warmer than its surroundings to escape from its interior. So Ooh. because we do actually end up having volcanoes in other parts of the, um, the, the universe, don't we? Well, yeah, the, the biggest one in the universe is on planet Mars, isn't it? It's Olympus Mons. That's the one. It's uh, it's enormous. It's it's three times bigger than Mount Everest, I think. It's 25 kilometres high. Flippinora. <laughs> yeah. That is big, isn't it? But basically, exactly what, what you were saying there, Liam, that a volcano, the definition of it, is an opening in the Earth's surface from which magma, gas and ash erupt and escape. So maybe just said about there the olympus mons one how big it is but the lava and like the temperatures they can get as hot as 1250 degrees celsius so yeah you know this this is flipping hot that we're talking about and there's something interesting what's the difference between lava and magma yeah yeah this is interesting magma i just thought it's the stuff in the middle of the earth well yeah it may be maybe if people listening now just take a split second to think do I know what is the difference between lava and magma? Can people listening like yeah, do, do, do they know? Just keep thinking. Google it quick enough. Yeah. So magma's the stuff in the middle of the earth. You know, like picture the earth. I'm thinking a lot of you know the really hot bit of in the middle. All lava is is just what we call magma when it's no longer in the middle of the earth. So it <laughs> yeah. is the same thing. It's just I've got it. I've got it written down. Magma versus lava. And I've written magma inside, lava outside. That's it. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. I hadn't really thought of it before. But yeah, like you say, that they're, they're the same thing, aren't they? But yeah, there are a lot of volcanoes. So I think right in the there's about 1,900 active volcanoes around the world. Yeah, it's really hard, though, to judge because they keep forming and, what's the other, unforming? <laughs> what's the word for that? Forming and unforming? Uh, I don't know. There are about 550 volcanoes have been recorded as volcanoes being active in recorded history. But they've also been able to work out that in the last 10,000 years, about another 1,300 have erupted. So they think there's around about 1,900 active volcanoes around. Yeah, but that's very loose because there's yeah. boatloads under the sea. Well, that's that, the thing, that, isn't it? Yeah, you don't really think about it that they're they're not just found on the surface of Earth, and it's even that it's about three quarters of all vo volcanoes are actually underwater, aren't they? Yeah. So I mean, you know, some of that is easy to get to. Some of that will be easy to spot because you know you can see the the gas escaping in the water. Um, but yeah, uh, no, there'll, there'll be loads that they can't count, so they don't know. But you know. A little quick search up, about 1900 seems about the, uh, the the number. There are even volcanoes under ice caps that can be found in Iceland. So, yeah, they, uh, they're, they're all over the place, basically. But they, they, they keep on changing, as we were saying. Yeah, you said earlier about how hot lava was. I, I googled what happens if you fall into it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So 
there's a difference. There's some lava's really runny, and if you fall into that, that's dangerous. But some lava's like, is the word viscosity? I think that's, that's right. to do with how thick something is. That's it. Well, some lava's really slow and blobby, and apparently, like if you fell on that, obviously it would burn you, but you, you'd be able to get up on off of it. Which I was, you know, I always think like it'd be pretty scary if like you, you fell into lava, but it's pretty slow moving, isn't it? I'm not sure oh. you'd actually get swallowed up by it. Oh, blimey. Yeah, that'd, you, you wouldn't end up having your arm that would be left if you lent on it with your hand or something, would you? I'm sure that, that type of degrees, but oh, man, that, that sounds horrible. Makes you think of, is it Terminator 2? Oh, mate, don't get me started. That is the best film of all time. <laughs> yeah, his arm gets melted off. Um, you, you've earned your etymology badge this week, though, haven't you? You, you? you got to it first this week to telling me about where the word volcano came from. And we actually mentioned it in a previous episode our episode about the Greek gods, didn't we? It came up then yes. um, when we were talking about Greek mythology. But feel free, because we'll have people that have not listened to that, so feel free to go back and find it. But Ollie, where does the word volcano come from? So the, the word volcano comes from a little island called Volcano, which is in the Mediterranean Sea, just off Sicily. So the, the rock at the end of Italy, if you look on the map. And centuries ago, the, the locals used to believe that that was the chimney where... The Roman god Vulcan created his his fire and where all of his fire came from. So it was there was a volcano there on the island of Volcano, and they named it after the the Greek god of Vulcan. So that's the etymology ah, okay. behind volcano. Well done, Molly. Well done. Learning Thank more you. as we go. Vulcan, um, and uh, th- there are different types of volcanoes, aren't there? I think we could probably mention those. There are different types. Um, something I, I meant to say earlier, I, I do know that, you know, you can get extinct volcanoes and you can get dormant volcanoes. I did actually know those words. I didn't know what how they were judged, though. No, I, I didn't. But as you were saying, yeah, you've got, you got the three types, haven't you? Active, dormant and extinct. And it basically depends about when they were last active in which category they fit into. Yeah, they use, use 10,000 years, don't they, as the benchmark. If there's no evidence that it has erupted um, for a very long time, up to 10,000 years, it would be called dormant. Which So dormant means almost um, sleeping. Imagine that. Like, it, it's going to, it will go again eventually, but they're pretty sure it's, you know, it's pretty quiet and has been for a long time. Yeah. Um, active means has exploded or is likely to explode within the last 10,000 years. And extinct, so, so, you know, awake. And then extinct will never erupt again. There's no magma, and they know there's no magma underneath the volcano, so it can't. There's just it will not extinct. It will not explode uh, yeah. ever again. So it's all dead. If like. I, I was reading that the the profession of somebody who studies volcanoes is a volcanologist. We do okay. volcanology, but it, they they give themselves that ten thousand years because it's super hard to predict when they're actually then going to become active. So they've, they're, they're trying to come up with like all sorts of like thermal imaging to be able to look at the earth a bit better and see if there's some sort of way that they can predict when this pressure is going to, or, or when, when the magma is then going to reach enough pressure to then burst out of the earth. But it's super, super difficult for them to do with any consistency. So that's why they've got a 10,000 yeah. year gap on the word dormant. Yeah. They can, so they they can. Because um, I did, I looked into that as well. They can predict if something's going to happen relatively soon, like you know, you know, because they can track like 
like yes. like an earthquake they know it's coming because the ground vibrates or they know it's about to happen or there's some you know steam starts escaping from various little vents and things um they also they can track animals did, did you read this so they can track like animals react differently they know they tend to know it's happening oh wow so well, around I didn't, the volcanoes so around the volcano you know they will i don't know all the birds will fly away or all the cows that were on the side of the volcano suddenly managed to move themselves away and you know that that there's evidence that, that that animals know more than we do, but that might be because they can feel the ground. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. They and they they can track the vapors coming out as well. So they they have like sensors above a volcano to track like how gassy the the you know what is coming out is because different levels of gas suggest different things are about to happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've got the the three different types in terms of if they're active dormant or extinct and then there are four actual types of volcanoes that you then get yeah. within those three categories as well and, and, we can... and you're when you're talking about types you mean what they look like that's right yeah so we're saying we're saying here so you know dormant active extinct is is ha- how they are like whether they're going to go or not but you're talking now what, what, what ollie's about to talk about is the actual what they look like Yes, yes. So you're right. So volcanoes, they can be a variety of like different shapes and sizes, depending on the type and the amount of thickness of the lava that erupts or comes out of it. And so that basically determines sort of what sort of shape they are. I'm sure people, as soon as you say, you know, volcanoes, you you get an image in your mind. Um, For me, I certainly do sort of more of a a cone shaped one, but there's actually um, a couple of different types. Yeah, okay. So if I name them, do you want to just describe what they look like or, or try to describe them? We'll put this up on our socials, can't we? We can, you know, because we said before we recorded this, is, is it easy to explain this? But we'll have a go because, you know, we're learning about volcanoes. So let's learn together. So number one, I think the one that most people think about is called a cinder cone, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So and it's it's the most common type as well of volcano. They're not as dangerous as some of the other types that we'll talk about in a moment. They don't grow particularly big, so they can get about a thousand, thousand two hundred feet tall. And what happens is that they're they're this cone shape with quite steep sides to them, and they're formed via lots of eruptions coming out, and then fragments of cinder that then fall close to to the vent or that chimney shape at the top, and sort of landing and then creating another layer on this cone shape that we're talking about. And just over a long time, that cone shape just builds up and up and up as this, this cinder is then blown um, and settles on the sides. Okay. Uh, then we've got, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Then we've got the one that looks like what we think it looks like. And then we've got the one that looks completely not like what I thought. It's called <laughs> a shield volcano. Yeah. And this, it really is the other end of the spectrum. It's like a pancake. <laughs> it is like a pancake. So these... These can be very, very big in size. These, these can be enormous. And we'll talk about some of the biggest volcanoes in the world later, but some of the biggest volcanoes in the world are actually shield volcanoes. They're not very dangerous, even though they're absolutely enormous. Um, that's because the, the lava doesn't really burst out of them very quickly. So it it's more of just like globs out. Um, the the yeah. actual proper terminology is saying that it doesn't have any pyroclastic material so it doesn't have any gas or or um um, lava like really spewing out of it at all so they're they're really flat really um shallow slopes on the side of them and a lot of them can start from the base of the ocean 
and then grow up over a long, long time to become absolutely enormous. Okay, so we've got normal one, pancake-looking one. What about a, the next one? A composite? Yes. So composite volcanoes. They also get another word as strato volcanoes. If anyone's ever heard of that, but anyway, these ones can be super big. So they can be, if we were talking about the cinder ones, could be about a thousand feet high. These are more likely to be up to about ten thousand feet high, and they they can be really really wide as well. So they can be up to ten kilometers in diameter. These are the most dangerous volcanoes by far. Super dangerous, super explosive. And when they then start firing out all this pyroclastic material, the rocks and the gas that comes out of it can be about 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, be traveling at about 450 miles an hour, and it will just destroy anything in its path. And the general structure of these volcanoes is it looks like a, a cinder volcano. So they're quite tall, they're symmetrical, but they've just got a lot of like slow lava that comes out of it quite slow moving lava with like deadly mud flows that then almost happen off the back of just this super explosions that come out. Okay. And then the last one is called a lava dome one. This is with the old blobby lava in it. It don't really get anywhere. It forms because the lava itself is too, too blobby and it doesn't run. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it tries to come out. It, it looks like, it looks like a bit of a cone shape, but then what's happened is when it's then erupted because the lava it's termed is so viscous, which means it's so sticky and slow moving. It then, once it erupts, it then gets to the, the opening of the volcano. It goes to flow down the side, but it then maybe because it's so slow moving, it might then actually harden and turn into the rock. And that type of rock is called igneous rock. And then what will happen is it will then form, it will then settle on the, the top and the sides of where the, the opening is. And then over time, it then sort of like collapses back in on itself. And so it doesn't end up growing very big because over a long, long time, it sort of erupts. The lava doesn't manage to get out again. And then it all collapses back in on itself again. It just repeats that cycle. Okay. So yeah, so they're the types. So we've got the cinder cone, the one that everybody uh, pictures, I guess, is a volcano. We've got a pancake one called the shield volcano. We've got the dangerous one, which is called a composite volcano. And then we have the blobby one called a lava dome, which basically creates itself from this blobbiness. It just keeps building on itself. I was really interested to find out why they erupt. Like, why does that happen? Yeah, I, I sort of had a, a little delve into this and just thinking about all this this molten rock and this magma. And it turns out that it's about 30 kilometers beneath where your feet is, is the Earth's mantle. And that, okay. that is where you've got super hot rock and it extends down to the Earth's core. And that, yeah. that rock is so hot that it can sort of like squeeze and form bubbles and start to try and find weaknesses in the Earth's crust. But yeah. it's quite interesting how you get those weaknesses. And I, I think you know this pretty well, don't you? Yeah. So yeah, they thought, yeah, they explode because, because this molten rock that you're talking about wants to, wants to come out and it, it like you said, it finds all the gaps, but the, the important thing is where those gaps come from. And those gaps come from a very geography thing. It's called the tectonic plates, <laughs> Yes. which you might remember from being in geography, but I've tried to explain this as simply as I can. Okay. The, the crust of the earth, like the ground that we stand on, imagine that is like the shell. And then the inside of the egg would be like all this molten rock. 
The problem is our shell is cracked. OK, so these are the tectonic plates. Imagine a cracked shell. Our Earth is cracked in. It's got generally it's got seven really big plates, seven really big pieces. Yeah. And, you know, a, a several other smaller ones. Those giant pieces are sitting on top of this mounted rock. So they move. They almost float across it as if it were. You know what I mean? Imagine it were water. They're slightly floating. And that that floatiness means that they are ever, ever so slightly moving apart from each other yes. or moving into each other, like all the time. And that creates gaps or it creates pressure. And that's where our volcanoes form. So there are two types. There's one that is called a diverging plate where the two plates are moving apart from each other. And when they move apart, it obviously creates a gap. In that gap, the, the uh, magma wants to escape, becomes shooting out, forms a volcano. Yep. The other one is called a destructive plate boundary or a convergent plate where they crash into each other. And what happens is the two plates, like the two edges of the cracked shell, crash into each other. But the stronger one, the heavier, bigger one, may, pushes the other one underneath it. And then where that one goes underneath, that rock melts and then it creates a, a, a buildup of pressure, which then wants to come shooting back out. Um, so it's to, do with the, it's to do with the tectonic plates, which we could do a whole episode on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Earth is made up of a shell. That shell is cracked into these plates, and these plates move around. And where they're crashing into each other or moving apart from each other, volcanoes form. Nice. So, yeah, constructive plate boundary. That's where they move apart and magma fills the gap. And then the other one is a destructive plate boundary. That's where one goes under the other and causes the pressure. I like it. These plates that we've got they there are seven of them aren't there that we've got and they pretty much look like the shapes of the continents is that right yeah yeah there are seven big ones there are loads of little ones not right. loads several little ones but there, there are some really big ones like africa is on a plate the african plate right south america is on a plate the whole of the pacific ocean it's called the pacific plate and we'll get to that in just a minute but the whole of the pacific ocean is a plate um, I don't know if you know, you know that all the all the um, all the countries used to be as one, didn't they? They used to be together. The whole of the earth was one one massive country. Oh yeah, what what was it called? Like Pagonia or something? Yeah, <laughs> Pagonia, Pangaea. Pangaea, um, that was it. Yes, Pangaea. Uh, over time, the plates have just apart, and where the plates moved apart, they've pulled the countries with them. And you know, if you have a look on the map, South America clearly used to be part of africa they clearly just like yes. jigsaw pieces just they've just pulled apart but we're talking like at the most 10 centimeters a year at the very most and you know these are now thousands of miles away so imagine how long that's taken to happen yeah absolutely and it sort of makes sense when you're saying that the continents sort of follow the shapes of these tectonic plates because I think I'm right in saying that 80% of the Earth's surface is made up from volcanic activity. So that's just over all this time yeah. that it's just been created by more and more volcanic activity, more and more magma coming out, turning into lava, forming land, yeah. and then just yeah, gradually just the Earth growing in there. So that the stuff we're talking about has been going on for a long, long time, millions and hundreds of millions of years that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're saying that it only moves like an what an inch or ten centimeters a year, and yep. South America has managed to um, to move all the way from Africa, then yeah, that is over a, a many, many long time, isn't it? 
but there there is an example where of a very fast growing volcano and we've only got one sort of in recorded history where we've seen it happen from the very very beginning and we we spoke about this in our seven wonders of the world episode i think you spoke about it then back in season one yeah isn't it in mexico somewhere yes and uh like a farmer saw it and and couldn't work out what was going on and and it it grew i think you've got it written down it grew like a ridiculous amount yeah in, so, in next to no time like like it could be seen to be happening yeah that was right so so what happened was that it was in paracutin and in mexico and as you say there was a farmer in 1943 february the 20th he noticed there was a, a bit of a warm mound in one of his fields and then all of a sudden within a, a week it had grown five stories tall by the end of the year, it had then grown more than 336 metres tall. And then it stopped growing in 1952 and it's 424 metres high. So, yeah, by like geological standards, that's you know pretty groundbreaking. The stuff we're talking about is over millions of years. But to be seeing something grow that quickly is pretty cool. And a lot of geologists and uh, volcanologists were, were quite excited by that. Um, talking about the tectonic plates, one of the most important parts of the world, I guess, regarding volcanoes is something called the Ring of Fire, isn't it? Which I found really interesting. It sort of led on from the tectonic plates. It's an area of the world that's got most of the volcanoes. Yeah, and I, I didn't actually know too much about it. I think I'd heard about it. When I think of the Ring of the Fire, I think of our, our game that we used to play, our card game that we used to play, which you were always very unfortunate <laughs> of, of having a massive losing streak um, playing Ring of Fire. But I, I don't know if too many people might might know about this, but it, it is enormous, isn't it? So there's this enormous horseshoe shape that's 40,000 kilometres long in the Pacific Ocean. And sort of if you, if you think of it starting at New Zealand and then working the way up New Zealand, sort of up the Philippines, up the east coast of Philippines, Tokyo, all the way up Russia, and then across the top and then come back down Alaska or the left-hand side, the west coast of America, all the way to the bottom. There's this enormous horseshoe, isn't there, where it's home to 75% of all volcanoes on Earth. Yeah, so because we live in the west, right, when we look at a map, Europe and England in particular is in the middle, isn't it? Yes. So when you look at a map, if you go right to the left-hand side and right to the right-hand side, the left-hand side is all the east, uh, west coast of America, like Vegas, um, California, all the way down, all the way down Chile. And then the other side of a map, as we look at a map, is, like you were saying, Japan, China, Australia. Now, obviously, when that wraps around the world, those two sides are actually, like, opposite each other, aren't they? There's nothing yes. in the middle. What is in the middle is the Pacific Ocean, which is enormous. Now, the Pacific Ocean is a tectonic plate on its own, it's a massive tectonic plate, but it means all the way around its edges, which happen to be these coastlines. Yeah. There is tons of volcanic activity from all of the other plates, you know, crashing into it or pulling apart from it. Um, and we've ended up or, or Earth has ended up with this. It's called the Ring of Fire. Yeah. A giant horseshoe of really, really active areas of volcanoes all the way around. Yeah. Particularly Indonesia. I think Indonesia has got like some of the most most active volcanoes um in the world 
Yeah, that's right. There's there's one on the island of Java, and its last eruption was in January in 2021, when this just under 10,000 foot high volcano spewed a load of ash and steam, and it caused a massive evacuation. But um, unfortunately, yeah, back in 2010, that same volcano went off and killed about 350 people. So, yeah, it's pretty about- bad. About 75,000 years ago, though, there was an explosion on Sumatra, which is one of the biggest explosions ever. And they reckon it was such a big explosion of this volcano that only 15,000 people survived in the world. So not not locally. In the world. (laughs) So it exploded. It left a hole that was 100 by 30 kilometers big, right? 100 kilometers exploded um uh this was 75,000 years ago i don't know how they know this i got no idea but then genetic research has shown that we ended up with only about 15,000 people as wow. opposed to have survived so it, that that would be termed as like almost a apocalyptic event then it could have it could have wiped out humankind yeah. I, I suppose yeah mental right which led me to another question why would anyone live and I'm, I, that is that is um like the extreme end of like end of the world uh, sort of volcanoes. But, you know, on a smaller scale, but still quite a big scale, actually, as far as the world's concerned, why would anyone live near one? Because like <laughs> one in 20 people, about 350 million people live within the danger zone of a volcano, which is termed to be within 20 miles of a volcano. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why would you want to put yourself in, in that position? But it turns out there are a couple of good reasons why 350 million people decide to live within a, within the danger zone of volcanoes. Uh, and one being that it's once the, the lava and the ash break down, they produce this super nutrient rich soil and it's really, yeah. really good for growing crops. And so yeah, people can, can make, make their homes on the slopes of volcanoes um, and have some really successful crops that get grown from it. Yeah, this is actually a geography. Uh, I covered a lesson that this this was in, and uh, the students had to like pros and cons of living on a volcano or near a volcano. Obviously, the con being you're on a volcano, but yeah, super nutrient rich, aren't they? They've also they ge- that you can generate electricity quite easily. There's there's cheap electricity on volcanoes because they've got these. Yes. They, they tend to have like vents where the steam's escaping. You know, not necessarily magma or lava, just certainly steam coming out cheap electricity also tourism is quite a big deal by volcanoes well you can vouch for that can't you you said that you've you've been in one yeah i can't remember what it was called in hawaii it might have been called like diamond something in honolulu uh yeah i climbed up one uh that's pretty cool um they they tend to be a lot of hot springs and things because obviously uh, under the ground's pretty warm so spa resorts and again sort of tourism sorts of things spring up Um, and then another reason can be is that because of this super hot temperatures that we're talking about, you can get some really precious minerals and rocks that might then get created, um, which can be then precious precious stones and rocks that then people can then sell if they then dig through and manage to find these uh, yeah these minerals and rocks that have been that have been sat there or been formed over millions of years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know as I'd live near one. Um, like like you know the most. The, I mean, it was all over the news. Like we were saying, that one in Iceland. Uh, should we have a second go at saying it? A fiat la Uh You know, imagine if you was living near that one. 
And that that caused all kinds of havoc, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I read that the main issue was that where it it happens to be above the jet stream, which is where planes fly, particularly between Europe and America, which is obviously why you got stuck in Vegas. Uh, yes. So it, it, you know, it exploded. It released all of this gas and ash up in right up into the jet stream, which obviously planes then were going to have to fly through. Um, which yeah, and it, they couldn't. Yeah, it would then be really dangerous for their engines to go through. They didn't know that their engines would withstand the the heat, or even they'd just get clogged clogged up with all the ash and everything that was yeah. going on. So it just wasn't worth the risk, and that's why yeah, global air traffic was grounded from it. I was reading that the loudest sound that's ever been recorded in history came from a volcano, and that was from uh, Krakatoa. So this yeah, okay. was so this so Krakatoa is in the southeast of Asia, and when it erupted in 1883, it released 200 megatrons of energy. I don't know what a megatron of energy is, but it sounds like a lot. Let's try and put it into some sort of context. That is the equivalent of about 15,000 nuclear bombs. So yeah, this was the the loudest uh, sound ever recorded, which has come from a volcano. Uh, talking about random facts, do you know that 1816 was known as the year without a summer? No, because in there was an eruption in Indonesia, and it, uh, loads of crops failed as a result of like uh, the cooling temperatures in the world. Oh right, okay. So they it the, the year without summer, which is a uh, pretty nuts. I don't think we've actually said this yet, but the biggest volcano on Earth is in Hawaii. So you might have seen it, but it's called the, the Mauna Loa. And it's one of five volcanoes in, in Hawaii. It's 13,000 feet above sea level. Um, but yeah, all, all of Hawaii was made up from yeah, a hot spot, like loads of, loads of volcanic activity there. They also have a volcano called Kilauea that has been erupting continuously for the last 37 years. <laughs> yeah or something like that well is, yeah brave brave living next to that haven't you but we were saying that there yeah. are some reasons why people do mate i've learned i like talking about volcanoes this is you know it's all like facts and figures and things have you got a uh have you got a takeaway yes yeah i have got a takeaway for you um sort of like similar to something that you said a moment ago there that to my two guys one topic takeaway is that super large eruptions it can actually block out the sun's radiation and drop temperatures on earth and in 1991 oh, wow. there was one called mount pinatubo in the philippines that ejected sulfur dioxide and it formed a haze of sulfuric acid and it prevented the normal amount of sunlight from then coming in and reaching the earth and it lowered global temperatures by half a degree so yeah they like this this one volcano yeah, yeah the whole planet yeah reduced the whole planet's temperature by half a degree. That's mental. But like, does that help global warming? Should we just get one to kick off? Could you <laughs> could you set one off? <laughs> Come on, Liam. What is your two guys one topic takeaway? Well, mine is I, I mine is something called the volcanic explosivity index, which is a ranking of how explosive an eruption is and it depends on how much volcanic material is thrown out to what height and how long the eruption lasts and it's a scale running from naught to eight i guess similar to the um richter is it richter scale for earthquakes yeah i imagine right. it must be sort of similar yeah but they've got words specific words 
that link with each one, right? So level one, gentle explosion. Level two, explosive. Level three, I can't say this word, paroxysmic. Right, level four, we're getting big now, catastrophic. Okay, catastrophic. They, there tends to be one of those sort of every two years or so. Um, level five, cataclysmic. Oh, mama. Level six, colossal. Now, you get one of them about every 100 years, a colossal explosion. Um, they, they're all tracked. Like, they know when these were. I don't know how they know this. Like, how do they know there was one in 8,550 BC? No yeah. Idea. Anyway, level seven, super colossal. These happen every 1,000 years or so. Level eight, mega colossal. <laughs> that is the big one, a mega colossal explosion. That's like the one I was saying earlier that happened in Sumatra. And the most recent mega colossal explosion happened to, uh, 26,500 years ago. So we got another 20,000 years or so before we do another one of them. So it's so level six is colossal, seven is super colossal, and eight is mega colossal. It's like they ran out of words, wasn't it? They needed a bigger thesaurus to then help them with. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did read another one that had eight written as apocalyptic. Which, like we were saying, right? If if when this one exploded seventy five thousand years ago, there's only fifteen thousand people left. That must be getting pretty close to ending the world. Yes, I suppose you can um, only have think, only have one apocalyptic one, though, can't you? Yeah. Also, maybe maybe people have, uh, can survive it more. You know, seventy five thousand years ago, what what you know, we didn't have what we have now. It might be more survivable. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd want to find out though. No, nice. Well, what what a yeah, an interesting topic to get into, Liam. I, yeah, thanks for picking this as uh, as Liam's choice. I think sort of like as a little bit of a summary. Then is that so that the bottom line is that you've got four different types of volcano that we were talking about earlier, each with a different set of characteristics and structure, and some of them are more dangerous and catastrophic than others. And the four types that we were talking about were a syndicone, a shield volcano, a composite volcano, and a lava dome. So yeah, super interesting to, to then just hear about how enormous and how explosive these things can be. Yeah, I, uh, I like you know, lava and magma, the same thing. Tectonic plates are what cause the volcanoes. Just think of your tectonic plates as a cracked shell. The earth is a massive shell that is cracked. And those shells just slowly float around on the magma. And then, you know, they're trying to escape. And that is what a volcano is. And that is where it comes from. Um, More importantly, though, then, okay, so we've summed that up. And normally we'd go straight into our little spiel about follow us. And we'll do that in just a sec. But this was my choice, which does mean next week is your choice, Ollie. So... What is it we're doing next week? <laughs> so this randomly popped into my head yesterday. And I thought to myself, I don't know anything about that. I think this could be a, a good topic for Liam and I to look into. So the topic that we'll be talking about next week is diplomatic immunity. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, all right. What is that? Yeah, like how did it start? All of that type of stuff. What does it actually mean? Who qualifies yeah, for fine. it? fine. Well, all right. We can get on that. Um, I should say, okay, diplomatic immunity next week. Um, I will say this as well. We've got to set up our listener choice vote. Okay, so 
because we're going to need to you know get it nailed down so if if um if you've enjoyed this week please do follow us on our socials at two guys one topic um keep an eye on our instagram this week because we're gonna have to put out the listener choice vote ready for our fifth ever listener choice and just so we're clear last year last series we did whoosh whoosh desire Worcestershire oh god Worcestershire sauce <laughs> I don't know if I got that right yet right anyway we did that funny sauce because our listeners picked it so if you've got some random topic chuck it on our socials um, at some point next week keep an eye out at two guys one to- uh, at two guys one topic and um, we'll let you know next week what it's going to be but I hope you've enjoyed listening about volcanoes and we'll come back next week with a new episode get out there and share some volcano knowledge